Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. Keep in mind, if you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, I'd like to welcome back everyone to another Friday look back episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is my opportunity to provide you with the best insights and advice into the world of real estate investing, business, and entrepreneurship. As I'm recording this on Wednesday, May 3rd, uh, there has been a flurry of news uh, today or this week, actually. Um, so we, we, we know that another bank failed, First Republic Bank, uh, over the weekend, this past weekend failed and was taken over by uh, regulators and eventually bought by J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, so for the time being, it sounds like a banking crisis has been uh, averted uh, once again, but it is a little uh, disconcerting that another major U.S. bank has failed as uh, uh, depositors uh, made a run at their money. And over the past uh, several weeks, uh, the bank lost over $100 billion in deposits, which is, which is amazing when you think about the, the, uh, that enormous amount of money, um, you know, deposits being held at one institution. Uh, but the good news is that for the most part, it sounds like the, the customers of the bank, uh, their, their deposits are safe. Uh, the assets are now uh, under the, the control of J.P. Morgan Chase, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, it sounds like a crisis has been averted. Uh, the other big, the other big piece of news that uh, was just announced this afternoon is that the Fed is going to uh, go ahead and raise the interest rates by another quarter point, uh, which I think for the most part was anticipated. It was thought that the, the Fed would, would raise rates at least one more time this year uh, before perhaps going into a wait and see uh, mode for the next couple of months. And uh, now when you look at the, uh, uh, the futures, there's, there's actually a, a large percentage of people who think uh, that the Fed may actually cut rates uh, before the end of the year. So uh, interesting to see what happens there. I am not a prognosticator. Uh, so I'm not going to uh, go into trying to predict what the Fed's going to do, but uh, it is something that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, another thing I noticed today is that for the most part, the uh, Treasury yields, especially the 10-year yield, has remained relatively flat, meaning that even with the announcement of uh, interest rate increases, uh, not much activity in the 10-year uh, yield, meaning that uh, mortgage rates, uh, for the most part, at least for now, looks like they'll be uh, re relatively stable uh, and flat. So uh, again, something that we'll continue to monitor uh, into the coming weeks and even months. So I, I do want to spend the bulk of the time today though talking about some other uh, bits of news that we've, that we've seen come across over the last couple of weeks. And these are, these are really what I call, I call these teaching moments. And these are opportunities for us to learn from our mistakes or even better, if we're lucky, learn from others' mistakes. But either way, um, it's essential that when we have 
teaching moments like we have right now that we can file them away into the critical lessons category. So you may have heard or caught wind uh, that in Houston, Texas, there was a quartet of multifamily properties that were foreclosed on. Now these properties were valued at uh, almost $229 million uh, and a combined uh, 3,200 apartment units uh, that were purchased back in uh, August of 2021 through April of 2022. Now, as a, as a real estate investor, the worst possible outcome that you can have in your investment is for it to be foreclosed on. As real estate investors, you know, we, we probably fear having our distributions paused, uh, capital calls, or having additional loans uh, on a property which could dilute our investment. And while these are not wanted or expected outcomes, uh, they can damage our valuable assets. And when a bank forecloses on an asset, the investor loses everything. And that's the mere thought of this can make us feel, you know, sick to our stomach. You know, what's the number one rule of private equity and raising capital? And for myself, especially as an investor and, and uh, raising investor capital, and that's to never lose the investor's money. Um, I think you'll notice in almost all of my communications uh, that I send out to our investors uh, that are that are invested in our properties is I always thank them for trusting us with their precious capital because we certainly understand um, that that capital is precious to them and it, it it's capital that you know came through hard work and and different means and you know years of savings or whatever the case is but we understand that it's it's precious to you as an investor. And while it's not always sexy, uh, capital preservation is always, always uh, one of our top priorities uh, when we consider uh, acquiring an investment property. I think it's fair to say that uh, the most critical element of investing is actually capital preservation. So what I want to do is, is um, if you haven't heard about uh, what happened in Houston with these properties that were foreclosed upon, I actually had an opportunity to review the investment offering and five things that, that I came up with that I think are valuable lessons to investors. And uh, I wanna share those five things with you uh, because not only can I learn from them, but I think you as investors uh, will also learn from them. And again, this, this is an unfortunate event for investors. Um, there's, there's general partners and limited partners that were involved in, in this transaction. Um, and it is unfortunate for, for everyone in, in, in that transaction. And by no means am, am I trying to pile on the operator. But again, these are teachable moments and there's valuable lessons to be learned. So uh, lesson number one is conservatively underwrite your deals. And if you're presented an investment opportunity, um, you know, everyone's going to tell you that they use conservative underwriting. It's going to be up to you as the investor not to be enticed by the glossy numbers and look under the hood of those numbers. So this particular offering in Houston, the operator uh, offered some pretty gaudy numbers, upwards of 22% IRR, internal rate of return, and a 31% average annual return. That is unreal. That for me is, is, is a red flag alone, just those kinds of numbers. Uh, I'd wanna know exactly you know, how they came up with those projections. Um, so when a deal is projecting these kinds of numbers, you need to understand how they plan to achieve 
such high returns. The underwriting on this portfolio didn't account for rising interest rates. It didn't account for rising property taxes. It didn't account for rising insurance costs and then rising material and labor costs. If you're not looking beyond just the returns, um, that's probably not a good sign for you. Uh, definitely something that you wanna focus on. Questions that you as an investor should be asking, um, what are the assumptions that they're making? What kind of rent growth are they projecting? And how does that compare to market rent growth? What are the rents that they're trying to achieve compared to the comps for that particular area or sub-market? And then what are the projections for their property taxes and insurance uh, compared to what the actual expenses are on the financial statements for the property? Those are all great questions to ask. Listen to the answers that the investors, the operators uh, provide to you. Lesson number two, uh, these were some uh, rough properties. If you've had a conversation with me in the past, you know that properties can be listed um, as A, B, or C uh, type properties, A being the, 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 top, of the, uh, the top of the list, uh, generally newer properties in, in um, you know, higher well-developed uh, well areas. Uh, B properties, typically a little older, uh, middle income uh, type of, of areas, working class uh, properties. And then C properties generally are in, uh, you know, definitely blue collar working class areas, older properties again, uh, probably 60s or 70s, uh, B class uh, typically um, 80s, maybe late 70s. Um, and then A properties will be, uh, will, will have been built probably within the last uh, 10 to 20 years. Uh, but these properties in Houston were located in rough areas. They were bought at the wrong prices. Uh, again, meaning they were bought at higher prices. Um, and their business plans were, were pretty, what I would call a pretty heavy lift. I think the lesson uh, to, be, to be learned here is that some sub-markets don't need the full renovated unit in order to generate higher rents. Some submarkets are all about the cheap rent. And I think in this case, um, the business plan did not match the demographic. So in other words, uh, they were chasing higher rents through renovations and trying to add value through uh, adding amenities and uh, you know different things of that nature uh, when the demographic really didn't fit um, that kind of a business plan. The demographic for, those, for these particular areas in Houston uh, was more about the cheap rent. So as an investor, what are the things that you can ask in, in about the demographics? Well, um, you know, you can simply start by asking what are the local, you know, demographic measurables? What's the median income uh, for that particular uh, submarket? What's the makeup of, uh, of that particular submarket? What's crime like? That's a pretty important question also. And what experience does the operator have dealing with challenges in that particular demographic? Lesson number three, and uh, when, when I reviewed this investment offering, this one really kind of, you know, just almost blew me away. This particular property or these particular properties were over leveraged with a risky debt structure and they had no risk mitigations in place. Uh, this really had me scratching my head um, the most of these lessons learned. Uh, the property was purchased with 90% leverage 
90, 90% leverage, a floating interest rate with no rate cap, meaning that they had no protection against rising interest rates. Um, and even now, as we've, as we've learned, rate caps uh, present their own challenges. Uh, even though they can protect you against rising interest rates, now they have become so expensive that you're, they're increasing the, your escrow requirements uh, to fund these rate caps. But still, it, it, it boggles the mind that the lender in this particular uh, case turned a blind eye to this interest rate exposure. So it's important for you as the investor to ask about how is the debt being structured? Is it a fixed or floating rate? And if it is floating, do you have a rate cap in place? And if you do have a rate cap, how long is a term on the rate cap? And if you don't have a rate cap, do you have enough contingency reserves on hand to protect against rising interest rates and the squeeze that it's, it'll place on your cash flow for that particular property? Lesson number four, being properly capitalized. This particular operating team severely underestimated the challenges and expenses of this portfolio. So as an investor, what you want to do is understand what are the reserves uh, that they have in place for the project. Operating reserves, replacement reserves, contingencies, and the CapEx budget are all things and numbers that you should check and, and ask about. Is the project well capitalized to weather you know, any kind of financial storm, economic storm that, that, that comes along? You know, business plans won't always go uh, exactly the way they were meant to, to go. We all know that. But how well is the team positioned to pivot, you know, and survive? And that is all about being properly capitalized. And then the final lesson, lesson number five, uh, these were uh, the owners of this, of this, these particular properties were, uh, I guess what I would call absentee owners. They, they had no local presence. Uh, they, they were not uh, based in Houston. They didn't have the, the boots on the ground. And then the property management team that they put in place uh, just was, was, was not doing a very good job of, of managing those properties. So you as an investor, you really need to understand, you know, who is a property uh, manager and who is the asset manager? Typically, the asset manager will be someone from the uh, operator team that is focused on making sure that the property manager is doing their job and executing the business plan um, as, as they need to. Um, other things that you need to ask is, you know, will the property have on-site management? Uh, what about on-site maintenance and leasing? Uh, what is a property manager's track record? How many units have they managed? And, and importantly, are they a local property manager uh, or regional, and do they have some sort of a competitive local advantage? So as I went through as I went through the investment offering, those are the five things that really stood out to me and were potentially red flags. Some of these some of these questions maybe they had you know very good answers to, but I, I think for me, um, the the red flag that would have made me walk away from the from this particular offering uh, was the the debt structure. You know, ninety percent leverage, no rate cap, floating rate. Um, that's that's three strikes. <laughs> that's three strikes on on this uh, on this particular deal just in the debt structure alone. And I'm not here telling you this to scare you, uh, because this this scenario is an outlier when you think of the thousands and thousands of 
uh, multifamily properties that are out there that have been purchased that are operating effectively, that are run by uh, skilled operators. This is strictly an outlier. However, it does present some great teachable moments uh, for investors like yourself, like, like myself. Uh, and you know, the, the lesson is don't be swayed by the numbers, the gaudy numbers that they may present to you in an investment offering on the surface. Make sure that you ask questions to dive below those numbers and really understand where those numbers are coming from. Um, and hopefully I've, I've laid out some important questions that you as an investor uh, should be asking. And again, going back to what, I, what, what we started with, you know, these are teachable moments, you know, teaching moments, learning from, learning from our mistakes, learning from others, others' mistakes. And hopefully we can use them to, to our advantage as investors. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Friday Look Back. Hopefully, uh, you know, going through this case study of, of what happened uh, to this operator in Houston, uh, hopefully you found value in it and it presented you with some valuable information that you can use um, as you go down your investor journey. If you did, share this episode with a friend. I'm sure someone in your, in your network uh, will find this information just as useful as you did. And then also please leave a five-star rating and a review. Uh, that goes a tremendous way in terms of growing the show and helping to attract the type of content and guests that you as a listener will find value in. So again, thanks for listening to this episode of the Friday Look Back, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. So what'd you think? If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free report on why multifamily investing just makes sense. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.